What's up, Josh Helmer? How are you? Good morning. How are you? I was just doing a couple of final fine tunings on the Brent Venables press conference for today's program. I like it. I I thought there was some really interesting stuff yesterday. I really do. I got the sense near the end that Brent Venables was ready to go. It's like, okay, this thing starts at 1130. I'm out of here at noon. And he was. And he was. But I thought there was really, really good stuff. And actually, you know, during the football season, for those that are new to the program, welcome to the Plank Show. That's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRev. I'm Chris Plank. Um, I don't really tweet about anything, but you can find me on X at Plank Show. And, of course, everybody should be following us at KREF Sports. Hour one, as always, is brought to you by the good people at Van Hoos Fence. You can call Mark and Tessa today at 405-735-1167 or check them out online at vhfence.com. And we spend our – trying to make sure we get this right. Mondays, three hours as Sooners. Whenever it's a game day, we start the show at 9, boom. We go OU and the previous week's opponent, weekend's opponent, from 9A till noon, nonstop. Tuesday – we start to dip our toe in what else happened around college football. Hear from Jeff Lebby and Ted Roof. Then on Wednesdays, we call it a wipe it Wednesday, where anything left from Saturday, anything at all left from Saturday that stood out to you, that caught your eye, that maybe you don't feel like has been talked about enough, it's our last chance to get it out on either the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Or you can pick up the phone and call us on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line at 405-329-9000. Or you can just stew and yell at your radio while you're driving around. Last chance. Last chance to push past what was this weekend. And our first look at what's coming up. And in that, a lot of Brent Venables from yesterday. Were you as intrigued by some things? I, I think maybe the wording of things is what intrigued me. I this is a for instance, all right? I think it was one George Stoya who asked about the injury situation. There were, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, and if I miss anyone, help me out. And the text line, I know you will. Both R. Mason Thomas and uh, Deshaun McCullough and Desan McCullough, both dressed but didn't play. And neither neither went through much in-depth pregame hype, if you will. So McCullough, R. Mason Thomas, and then Justin Harrington wasn't even in pads. Like McCullough and, and R. Mason Thomas were at least in pads. But – MIA for Justin Harrington. So those were those were the three that I guess you could say were near the top of the depth chart or at the top of the depth chart that we didn't see Saturday. Now there were others like um, you know Caleb Hicks. We didn't see him. I don't didn't see him anywhere on the sidelines Saturday. You know some of the guys that we didn't see now would make sense after I play this. But I 
I want you, Josh, to get an I, I at least give me your perspective on what you think Coach Venables means by this Hope. when he's talking about Justin Harrington. So hopeful for all those guys. We're still evaluating uh, uh, Harrington in particular, you know, about what his options might be. I know. Okay. Harrington, what his options might be. What does that say to you? That they haven't closed the book on him playing this season. Now, he clearly has a significant injury. Seems that way, right? And they don't think, I mean, it's not a day-to-day, week-to-week thing. Mm -hmm. So they're not expecting him back. It doesn't sound like in the next couple of weeks. So if it responds quick enough, maybe if uh, Oklahoma's, you know, if Oklahoma's in the mix for a college football playoff, you name it, right? If there's national championship aspirations, does Harrington say, you know what? Yeah, I'll come back for that. If he's healthy right. and able to. I, it, I don't know. It does seem to lend itself. This isn't anything short term. It does seem to lend itself that. This isn't a situation where you're going to see him next week. Right? I mean, it it, it seems like a pretty uh, – I mean, it, it seems like it's pretty cut and dry, right? So, hopeful for all those guys. We're still evaluating uh, uh, Harrington in particular, you know, about what his options might be. Mm. Hate that for this kid, man. What a What a run he's had, right? Yeah. Yeah, and just uh, unfortunate for another injury to sideline things. He's just kind of had a career that's been sort of wild. And this uh, obviously is disappointing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Now, the other injuries during the game, I, I, I don't know about Savion Bird. I, don't, I still don't know, and I don't know how much Teddy has talked about it or – Parker or, or anyone else, I was kind of in a vacuum yesterday. But I was, y'all, I was concerned about that. So I don't know what Savion Bird's status is going to be. Reggie Pearson and Gentry Williams both seem like they're going to be okay. And Gentry came back in the game and played quite a bit, and we talked to him post-game. Reggie Pearson came back in the game. I'm going to tell you something, too. And I saw uh, Eli had tweeted this, and, I mean, I really – I can't tell you guys enough how much we appreciate whenever there's actually credit given to the things that we see and we report on the Sooner Radio Network. Thank you. But Reggie Pearson was hurting when he came off the field. And I think that's what I said. I'm like, guys, he seems to be in pain, working on that shoulder. We'll keep an eye on it. And then the next thing I know, he's up and kind of walking around. So it's like, okay. <laughs> okay. So I would assume Reggie and Gentry are going to be okay. But I, I don't know. I mean, obviously with what Coach said about Harrington, and I, just, I don't even know with Savion Bird. Now what's funny is before the season, if we were to tell you, hey, Savion Bird might get a little dinged up in the third game, I think it would sound – Panic. Panic. But now everyone's everyone's kind of moved on, Josh, to wanting to see Caden Green there. It's like, oh, 
Well, I mean, Caden Green, he's he's like an NFL left guard body type. <laughs> like, wait, what? He's had like six snaps. So calm down, everybody. And he's got a chance to but wind he up really as does. that. But he really does, right? But Savion would be, yeah, a little bit ahead of the curve just because guess what? He's been around one year. R. Mason Thomas played against SMU and had a couple of quarterback pressures, actually. But you could tell you could tell he was trying to go and he just couldn't. So maybe another week of rest has him where he needs to be. I don't know about Josiah Wagner. I mean, everything that was leading into the season was just so high on Josiah Wagner. And then he got, you know, depending on who you listen to, it's either a shoulder or it's a groin or um, whatever, you know, might, might be rumored out there. I don't care. I just I want to see the kid play. So I don't know if, if he's got a chance to get in there this year or not. I mean, we're – I go back a lot to 2017. 2017 is that year where I had always traditionally been, Josh, someone that felt, well, if you don't see him in the first three games, right, and they're not hurt, then there's probably a good chance that they're not going to be a part of this, this mix. And then enter 2017 with Rodney Anderson and Hollywood Brown, who had what maybe combined one touch, two touches in the first three games. And then they became integral parts of the offense. Right. And I don't know, looking back, maybe Rodney could correct me. I don't think either one of them were injured. But usually I have this all right, if I haven't seen you three games in, then there's probably a pretty good chance we need to start planning that you're not, you're not going to be a part of this. It's not a knock. It's just the reality of it. And then, you know, for a guy like Josiah Wagner or whatever a Caleb Hicks is dealing with, then that gives them an opportunity, Josh, with the four-game rule to where let's say they get healthy later in the season and let's say you're rolling against Baylor. Well, I don't play Baylor. BYU or you're rolling against TCU. Maybe you can, you, these guys can end up being players that can contribute a little bit. I, I don't know. Yeah, not going to rule any of it out, but – out of the hopeful category, Pearson, Wagner, Bird, R. Mason, Thomas. Wagner, just because he has it, I mean, he's a freshman. I mean, would that be the one that you're less likely to see out there? And yet, Wagner, we heard all these great things yeah. throughout camp. So, yeah, it's just impossible. I, I had heard, and again, you can, you can take this for what it's worth. I had heard that it was neck and neck between Williams and Wagner for the starting corner opposite Woody Washington. And then Josiah got dinged up. So, I, I, again, this wasn't from somebody that I would look at and say, oh, yeah, dude, it's, that's insider, insider. But it was from somebody that would know. So, I, I can't wait to see him get an opportunity. I really can't. I don't know if it's going to be this year. I don't know if what he's dealing with is going to be surgery-related. But I think it circles back, Josh, to now thinking about this weekend. Thinking about Cincinnati and what they want to do. Thinking about getting to 4-0. Really big week for Desan McCullough. Really big week for Desan McCullough. Another week of growth from Peyton Bowen in that cheetah position. Because, I, I mean, just based on what the starting lineup looked like on Saturday against Tulsa, Cincinnati's a big run team. 
and you want that bigger physical dude, which I think think we assume that McCullough would be, even though he the, the one play he made was in pass coverage on a tight end this year, I would think that is one of the most curious. I use intriguing a lot. Um, I don't want to say concerning because I think Peyton Bode played well. You know, I don't grade the tape. I don't. I just go by what Coach Venable says and what Teddy says and what, you know, we talked to Ted Roof this week, and he seemed to be pretty complimentary of what he saw. But I feel like that's going to be one of the most – that's a hot spot, if you will. There's, there is a need to be really, really good there on and, Saturday. And I think barring really, really bad, mm-hmm. both are going to play and play heavily the rest of the way. But, yes, for both McCullough and Bowen – because of what's going on with Harrington, this is a chance to kind of lock down your spot the rest of the way, is it not? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe, gosh, you want to talk about a very – let me give you a very homeristic approach. I don't know how healthy Deshaun McCullough gotten uh, two weeks, three weeks now going into the game. I don't know. I don't know if he was maybe dealing with something that just got re-aggravated heading into that opener against Arkansas State. But am I being overly homeristic, Josh, if I say maybe having the opportunity to watch after being in there for a game, maybe having the opportunity to see that position coached up on the sidelines, maybe having that chance has helped him a little bit. Nothing beats seat time, but he's played a lot of football, granted at a different position. Is that the most homeristic take you can hear? Then maybe this time on the sidelines helps Deshaun McCullough better understand the purpose of this defense and that role that he's playing. I don't think that it hurts at all, but uh, probably for him playing, playing with help is going to be the most important thing. (laughs) All right. Well, there is a new sheriff in town, if you will, in college football, there is a number one, number one story that isn't just the number one story in our beloved sport of college football, but I think it's become the number one story in sports. We'll talk about it next. And your tweets, texts, calls rolling on a Wednesday on the Plank Show. Have you seen these deep fake press conferences? How could I not? I'm on the Iowa beat. The, this, oh, this, the Brian Friends one, yeah. All right, Brian? Ferentz. Right? Ferentz, sorry. Friends. <laughs> you know, Kirk Friends. Heaven's FX is who puts these okay. together. I fell for the Matt Campbell one yesterday <laughs> incredible is it not have you seen the brian ference one? Oh yeah 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 because then that led me down the rabbit hole where he's like why don't you guys go get your little step ladder and i'm like so you can oh. crawl on out yeah and i'm like what <laughs> i apologize the matt campbell one was like was wrestling like, promo it was like i apologize yeah, to absolutely. absolutely nobody and i was like dang that's out of character for matt campbell but they are off to a bit of a tough start so maybe Maybe. And having the fan in the top left corner was a nice touch. Before we – oh, Tech Tina's on hold. Hang on two seconds, Tech Tina, two seconds. We, we, we dabbled in some Dion talk yesterday, Coach Prime. It, here's my question. Just because okay. we asked, is it good for college football? There's a lot of people that I didn't realize were so anti-Prime. Yeah, they, they feel <laughs> they're being force-fed right, Colorado. Right, right. Exactly. And, you and will. Prime. But here's my question. Does does this role continue when they get rolled? In other words, Colorado is – you noticed 
You notice Coach Prime didn't go with the old disrespect card by Dan Lanning or anything of that nature whenever Lanning had pointed out what is Colorado won. That was before they left for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 fell apart. But, I mean, even in his press conference yesterday, Deion Sanders was very, well, you know, I, uh, I got a great team. I got, <laughs> I got great players. I think he kind of knows what he's walking into this weekend without Travis Hunter. But does it, it, it will lose some momentum. Okay, yes. I was going to say, is, is part of this the fact that they're 3-0? I absolutely. would say yes. There's, there's no way it will stay at the fever pitch it is. Now, if they go win the game, it's going to crank up even higher. And like I told you yesterday, I think Colorado-USC would then be one of the highest-rated games of all time. It might be the highest-rated game of all time, even at 11 a.m. But I don't expect that that's going to happen and I do expect that after the next couple of weeks yes it'll lose a little bit of its luster you know Texas Tech played Oregon tight probably should have beat them look you hear Tech Tina is on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line it's been too long Tina how are you what's going on I'm doing well I'm actually driving to Tulsa to get um, some car maintenance done Morning. Ah, so, look, uh, you and me both having car stuff done today. Let's go. You're taking the car that needs the maintenance <laughs> to Tulsa from Bartlesville. Well, it just needs its general maintenance. Ah, and it's okay. a Kia, and I don't have a Kia dealer in Bartlesville. That so sounds good. No, no more explanation needed. You <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah, yeah. So here we are. So I can listen on the buzz, which is a little bit easier than trying to keep my app up every morning when I'm listening at my house while I'm working. So. I figured no time like the present to make my make my reappearance. Well, we're happy to hear from you, Tina. How you feeling right now, sitting at one and two? Um. So, if I'm being honest, I expected that we would be two and one. So it's not. I'm not like overly concerned at the fact that it's one and two instead of two and one. I'm just a little bit concerned about some of the reasons why we're one and two, like some questionable QB play. And, of course, we're kind of in a position it reminds me a lot. I feel bad for Tyler Shuck. It's starting to look a lot like the Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams thing when the fans started chanting for Caleb because, you know, Spencer struggled every now and then. So I feel bad for Tyler because I feel like that's the where we're kind of headed. Like, I don't know if y'all saw, but probably not because nobody watched us play Tarleton State except – you. Us. But, yeah, um, my son and I may have been the only ones watching it on television. I don't know. But it's, when they brought Aaron Morton in in the second half, like, the stadium just erupted. And you, I, you, I just couldn't help but feel bad for Tyler Shuck there on the sideline because he looked a little, uh, I don't know, perplexed. It's a tough – we're in a tough spot because they're both really great quarterbacks. But, you know, I just want us to start conference playoff Saturday and – if we can get a W in Morgantown and get back to 2-2 two and two and 1-0 and in conference and Tyler doesn't do some of the dumb things that Tyler has done, uh, things you don't expect from, you know, a six-year senior quarterback. I think that's where a lot of Tech fans are frustrated because, you know, we've got Baron Morton who reminds a lot of people of Patrick Mahomes because he's got that gunslinger mentality. Mm-hmm. And when he's been in, he's made plays and – you know, so it's, I don't know. We'll see what happens. 
I would say this. Uh, I've I've started to see in the Big Twelve rounds. You know, this, my hopes up anymore. I just go with it. It's like all my conversations. They just everyone barreled through me. I'm sorry, we lost you there for a second, Tina. So here's the interesting thing: in the Big Twelve rounds, what I've seen recently, like the Sam Cons of the world, Shehan, Jay Raja, you know those who cover it for CBS Sports. Right. It it started to become the conversation: is Texas Tech playing the wrong quarterback? So whenever that starts to manifest, you know it's just going to get worse and worse when there's any, and I mean the slightest bit of struggle from um, right. from Shuck. Right. It's a big game for them this Which, week. They, yeah. they got to find a way to go yeah, win in Morgantown. Yeah, I mean, because the game with Oregon, you know, if he just takes a sack instead of trying to make a play, you live to play another down, you don't throw a pick six, you only needed to be in field goal range to give yourself a chance to win. Kind of those kind of things where you just think to yourself, you know, as a six-year senior, you shouldn't be making that decision. Just go ahead and take the sack and live to play another down. And so, but, you know, like I told my son last night, Barron hasn't exactly won anything. I mean, he's played well when he's been in games, but we didn't win those games. And, of course, he was also hurt. Like, we can't seem to keep the starting quarterback healthy to save our lives for, like, the last six years. So, um We'll see what happens, but I'm excited to watch that. I'm super excited to see what the Sooners do in Cincinnati. Um, we'll see what happens. It right, looks good. All right, Tina. Safe travels. It's great to hear your voice again. It's Tech All right. Tina. Bye, guys. Off the super secret Textoso line. By God, is that Tech Tina's music? <laughs> Kid like the Texas Tech fight song going. I they got a chance to to win three in a row. Got to start at West Virginia, but West Virginia, Houston, Baylor before at Baylor, but uh, all of that before K State. Texas Tech, West Virginia, is on my lock slash upset list I, right now. I I can't even think about it. It's, it's oh you're thinking list. you're thinking of upset ref ref roll rumble yeah yeah. Last I checked, West Virginia was a five and a half point dog. Oh, let me check again and see. How about uh, how about SMU upset special over TCU? I like it. I worry that it's in Fort of Worth. I think someone's already thrown that in in the mix, right? And we already seen that thrown into the mix. Right now, here's well, you Brigham know, Young. What about that upset special at Kansas? They just beat Arkansas on the road too. Yes, they did, and, and they were Kansas uh, didn't look all that great. Boy, can't West Virginia. It went from them being a four-and-a-half-point dog to now a six-and-a-half-point dog. All right, well, you know, Vegas, what's going on here? I can't Why would that move in that direction? That Iowa State-Oklahoma State game, it's like, who do you like there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa State's favored by three-and-a-half points. How could you possibly favor them by three-and-a-half points? They've looked terrible. But then again, how could you possibly favor Oklahoma State? So. I have no idea. I have no idea. They should basically just throw their hands up and say, yeah, we don't know. See, I'll tell you what. Let's let's go there real quick before we break. I can't decide if we're setting up for a massive 180 by Oklahoma State where they got punched in the face, they got punched in the mouth, but they rally. It happens. Gundy, long-time successful coach, feel how you want to feel about not winning, you know, to the heights that maybe they had chances to. But, hey, Mike Gundy's won a lot of football games, right? He's going to get it corrected. Right, he is. And then the other end of that equation would be, this is going to be one of those years where it's just he's not going to get it corrected. And and it 
again, with Oak, and I don't think this is a shot. I think it's a statement of fact. Oklahoma State's a developmental program. They don't get a lot of five-star dudes in there. And there's there's been a season or two in this cycle where, you know, maybe, maybe things aren't that aren't that glorious. But they usually turn it around relatively quickly. I mean, if you I don't think I have to go back through Oklahoma State's trajectory, but after the twelve and one Fiesta Bowl season, you know, there's a five and four conference year in twenty fourteen. After they went seven and two in conference in thirteen, they were a game under five hundred. And then they went three straight years where they were a ten win football team and you know, were right there knocking on the door of of what I guess could have been a spot in the conference championship game if we were doing it in 2014, 15, uh, uh, and 13, or, sorry, 2012 and 2013. And they fall apart in 14. Then they're back in 15 and 16 and 17. Then they fall apart in 18. Start to creep back in 19 and 20. They play in the conference tournament all right, championship game in 21. And now, I mean, they weren't great last year, and it's – it's and that was a complete roster rebuild. I don't know, dudes. I don't. I don't know how to figure that game out. And it's in Ames too. I think that's yeah. the only reason why Iowa State's a favorite. I can't believe it's not a pick 'em. It would be a pick 'em if I'm making the lines. I'm with you. This might be one of the final chances for Oklahoma State to get a win. At West Virginia's on the board. At Houston, you'd have a chance there. But uh, you know, both of those being road games, like Iowa State's. I mean, if you could reconfigure the schedule, you'd probably like to have all three of those games in Stillwater. Yeah, no. I mean, listen, we all know that whenever the, the Sooners go there on, what is that, November 4th, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. But as it stands right now, uh, I don't really I, I don't really know where that team is. I mean, that wasn't like a 20-18 to 18 loss. That was a 33-7 thorough kicking that South Alabama gave them. Yes, Potter. Thank you, <laughs> Dustin. All right, we got a break. Super secret Textosa line is on fire since Tech Tina checked in. On fire. All right, we're due a break. When we come back, the best of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Also, <laughs> also, Josh, there's a story out of L.A. It's caught a lot of people's attention. Oh, you don't say. A lot of media nerding out on this one. Get into it next right here on The Ref. Ah. Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Ref. Wipe it Wednesday. A wipe it Wednesday. There's a lot of really good stuff on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's hit some of it here. Todd in OKC writes, one of OSU's biggest problems is that they're going into the fourth game already of the season and they still don't know who starts at quarterback you've got quarterback issues going into the fourth game of the season you're going to have problems I don't see it getting any better it's just like what's going on in Alabama they can't figure out who to start at quarterback either they got uh, either they got problems themselves yeah though I will say for Bama they did decide, all right, we're going Jalen Milrow. I mean, they literally reached the point where it's, all right, here you didn't, go. Milrow's didn't Simpson the guy. do some nice things for them? 
You know what? I'm going to claim some ignorance because well, I, would, I, I, I saw will too because I didn't watch it live. I saw very minimal highlights of it, and I I want to say he was like five for six or five for eight and had a nice deep ball that he connected on and came in and like immediately led a scoring drive. But I don't know. We'll defer to Bama Tom on that. <laughs> um, take the under. I laugh every so often whenever I. What is the the number on that game? Is it in the thirties? I think it is. You laugh every now and then whenever I listen to T J T or the Brick. No, no, no. J T Perry. For some reason, he's he's earned that name from one Toby Rowland yeah, recently. What? I don't what, know where it came from. What's the story? He's just flipping around the T and the J. But I, I think my favorite thing is whenever he'll read a text. And he's like, I don't know what that's in relation to. But I know, my friend, when you said take the under, exactly what that's in relation to. <laughs> that is in relation to Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Uh, 580 Nade writes, the real winner in the Iowa State, Oklahoma State game is college football. Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be so bad, it's going to be great. The uh, over-under, are you looking at this? Did, did you see it? No. Okay, so what would you guess it is? Okay, I did not see it. So I just go by Ohio Green. Uh, Bo- Ohio and Bowling Green are playing, and I see this is at 44.5. Yes. So I would guess around that range, 45, 46. How about 36 and a, and a half? That's, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Okay. Over, under. That's the over, under for an Oklahoma State football game? Yep. Yep, 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 yep. There it is. See? Wow. Uh, yeah, it's a good. It's a good point, by the way, from my man seven one two sooner. He writes, "Money's coming in on West Virginia, so they had to raise the line." Yeah, but it just seems like that is. I don't, it seems like, I am done saying things are easy money, because I thought Tennessee, Florida was easy money. Now, I do a a bit, Josh, on Mad Dog Radio called the Plank Parlay. In that, I've given. Three, six. I've given eight picks in college football. I am seven of eight. Oh, wow. Right? My first week hit. I gave an upset special hit. Last week, the upset special. Army hit. But I missed one game, Josh. I missed Tennessee. And I have been destroyed for it. <laughs> well, that's a high-profile game. I have been destroyed. Doesn't matter that... Uh, who did I have? Duke covered and that Oklahoma covered. No. You missed on Tennessee. You missed. You've hit seven of eight picks so far. How dare you miss? You lost me money. You you start taking from my bank account, you're dead to me. <laughs> uh, Frisco Sooner writes, guys, I'm going to admit I was wrong on Colorado so far. But I think everyone needs to tap the brakes on them a little until we see what happens in the next two weeks. Looking at their schedule, I think there's still a legitimate chance they only win two or three more games. I totally agree. I've always loved Dion writes Frisco sooner, and I think he's done a phenomenal job. But I still have my doubts about the season with a uh, win or play one of the next two close, and you sold me. Oh, I so, I'm so dumb. Win or play one of the next two close, and you've sold me. All right. Uh, run, run it down for me, Josh. Here's some win-loss for you for Colorado. Okay? Let's do it. I love this. They're going to lose to Oregon. Mm-hmm. They're going to lose to USC. Take the over. They're beating Arizona State at Arizona State. Arizona State has quarterback issues. They're, they're beating Stanford. They're going to UCLA, and I don't know about this one. I, I, I want to say I lean Colorado, but I'm sort of waffly on it. So that's 
I'll give them a win, but I don't feel good about it. Oregon State, they're losing. Mm, agreed. Arizona, they're beating. Agreed. Washington State, I'm kind of the same way as UCLA. I just don't know how good UCLA or Washington State are yet. I think Washington State might be pretty good. Beat beat Wisconsin up there, so that that was a – we'll see. I mean, seems like it's a good win, but we – you know, time will tell. I'm going to say that they don't beat Washington State, and I definitely don't think they're beating Utah. I will add, if they do beat Colorado, or if Colorado does beat Oregon this weekend, and then here's the other part of this, right? Just re- real quick, not to try to go too in deep, because I'm a lot like Frisco sooner. I mean, I thought, they win two games. They'll be lucky this year. And they've already won three. But with all the talk and all the hype, if they do have the bottom fall out a little bit, you know, how does, how does Prime handle that? You know, how is that? Because now it's all, see, I told you, I told you, told you how good we were going to be, and people are watching in droves. Y'all, they had a higher rating at 1 in the morning than every other college football game did on Saturday, and yes, I know the slate stunk. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Two, the marquee pregame shows, Josh, were there, and one of them, I really don't remember Big Noon Kick ever going to a place where the big noon kick wasn't. Like, big noon kick always leads into a big noon kick. And by God, they were in Colorado this weekend. So, it's great momentum, but how quickly does that tumble if they struggle? That's my only question with it right now. I think it's good bringing more people to college football. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's more of the uh, it bandwagon fans, and that's fine. But it's my opinion, once you, once you get sucked into college football – Suddenly it's like, whoa, okay, it's pretty and, awesome. And I know we're not in the business of caring about this going forward. But right. It's good for the Big 12. It's, uh, I think, fun to have Colorado relevant. I, I like there being a new phase, right? right? It's exciting. I mean, if Prime was at, I don't know, insert blue blood, it wouldn't be as fun. But because it's Colorado, it's fun. I had to laugh, too, because as we segue away from Colorado back to our injury conversation, the 918 tweeted in and said, or texted in and said, uh, this is depressing. I li- I just. Well, we just wanted to start a wipe it Wednesday in a positive manner. Right. And I think, <laughs> I think that the Justin Harrington injury, when a head coach says evaluating options, that raises an antenna or two. It's like, okay, what does that mean? True Sooner. Let's hit the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. True Sooner, welcome to the show. What's going on, man? What's going on, guys? Oh, just enjoying a beautiful Wednesday. So, okay, the OSU deal. You know, what year was it that Holder told Gundy they're going to have to pick up recruiting? I Probably be- five, six years ago? Maybe. Oh, it, every bit of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe even longer because, than that. Because that was before the whole OAN thing, was it not? Yeah, I and, and also, wasn't that around – gosh, I don't – is it as far back as – wasn't that whenever we repunted? Or I guess 2018-ish is, is what it looks like. So maybe it wasn't quite as far back as I thought. But it looks like it was around 2018. The reason I ask is because I heard a stat yesterday, and I don't, I don't know the exact stat. I just heard it in passing. But OSU's recruiting budget right now is five hundred thousand a year, and I'm not sure what OU's is. I'm sure it's what one point five or mm-hmm. something. Um, I don't know what it is, but it sounds about right. What's that, 
what's kind of a head scratcher to me is I, and this is going to sound a little crazy, but I feel like that OSU didn't strike when the iron was hot. I, no I doubt. realize they've got, I, I feel like they've got all these great facilities and, and, I feel like that before Boone passed away, I wish for OSU fans, I'm, and I'm usually not back, I'm usually not trying to help them out or whatever or, or, or defend them or whatever, but I feel like Boone should have put something in his will that said, of all this money, you need to take a million of the whatever $100 million I gave you each year and put it toward recruiting, and they and they definitely have not done that. And they, I, I want to say the 500000 is in the bottom Ten percent of the Power Five. Yeah, and th- those numbers are going up now with TV payouts, and it's uh, you know, it's a shame in this sense. If Boone Pickens, if all of us had a telescope to the future, right? He probably, instead of donating for these facilities or those facilities, would have said, hey, "Yeah, here's here's you know, however many million for NIL." That that would have been probably more effective in some ways. Yeah, and and now you know you feel like two years ago you feel like they they were the odds-on favorite to be the new sheriff in town as far as the Big Twelve goes. I thought they probably were. I was like, okay, the way she's finally going to win some conference championships now that OU's out of there. And, and you know Texas. what? Now it's like maybe it's going to be Prime or Colorado Utah. or Utah. Yeah, right. And Kansas State, you were just coming off a week where they were disappointing at Missouri. The, the Big Twelve is going to be. If it's not Colorado, right? If the the prime mania doesn't isn't here to stay, and he doesn't you know build off of it or whatever, it's going to be topsy turvy. Your turn, my turn. It's not a league right now to where there's this defined. They're going to run the conference. It's tough to figure out. And who and who is Sooner Nation going to be for next? Colorado or or USC? Neither. Oh. <laughs> Let them both lose. Can they tie? Probably Colorado. I think, listen, and true, I appreciate your phone call. I right, see you, man. Right, Josh? There is infinite amount of want for everything to go wrong at USC, right? Infinite. What do you make of that? Didn't strike while the iron was hot, Oklahoma State? I felt that way in 98. I felt that way in 98. I kind of felt like, you know, I, I had just started in media – and I kind of thought Bob Simmons was a pretty good coach. But obviously that didn't work out. I just thought that that was a golden opportunity for for Oklahoma State to really – With uh, OU down. With OU down. And here comes Oklahoma State. But they – I don't want to say caught a break. But Les Miles came in, did an incredible job. Les Miles is the guy – I was talking to Bill Hastings about this. Maybe if you – if you listen to this station with any regularity, it's Bill Hastings. Right. Uh, but I was talking to Bill Hastings about this this weekend, and he reminded me, you know who changed that whole tailgating scene in Stillwater was Les Miles. So they got a, got a little lucky there, and then Gundy came in has been a, consistent with them. But you know, there was that point last couple of years where you feel like they just they didn't do what they needed to do on the recruiting trail. We're way late. We got a break. We'll come back to wrap up Hour 1 next on The Ref. Uh, hey, let's uh, – Let's get to the uh, – Darla, hang on. I got two minutes here. I, I think it would be unfair to to cut you off. I'll let you kick off next hour. How's that sound? I got a line open if you want to jump in at 405-329-9000. That's 405-329-9000. Uh, True Sooner had brought up the numbers, the stats on the recruiting budgets. The 405 wrote, 
into the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. According to the report, over over the last six seasons, the Sooners have spent seven point six million on recruiting. More impressively, in twenty twenty two, the Sooners spent two point six million on recruiting expensive uh, expenses. The only program to spend more than the Sooners in twenty twenty two were Georgia, Clemson, Texas A and M, and Tennessee. Texas was a close second in 2022. I'm surprised these programs spend as little as they do on recruiting. So over the last six years, they've spent 7.6 mil. And in 2022, they spent 2.6 mil of that? What were we doing before, y'all? Ain't go BV. Get that budget juiced up. All right, Brent Venables Presser. A lot of good stuff to hit coming up next hour. Plus, your calls, 405-329-9000. That's Josh. I'm Plank. Thanks for listening to Hour 1 of the Plank Show, brought to you by Van Hoos Fence, 405-735-1167.